The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. And you're welcome along to a special edition of the show. It is great to have your company. I'm delighted to say that we are joined by one of the best jockeys in the business champion jockey in the 2020-2021 season and a man who's won at least four Cheltenham Festival races including the Queen Mother Champion Chase and every big prize there is going Harry Skelton welcome to the Final Forum Podcast Hi how are you? In good form Harry good to talk to you again I've talked to you a good few times on, on TalkSport it's been a, a tremendous season for you um, and one of the things that I, I really am enjoying about this is the fact that it's not just you it's you and your brother and I spoke to Dan about some of the successes that you've had earlier a couple of months ago. It was just in the wake of Lamilos and Protectorat winning. And I was struck by something. He said it's it's not just the pride in, in the success that he's having, but it's the pride in, in having this success with his brother. Um, what does it mean to you to scale the upper echelons of the sport, but to do so in the company of your brother as the trainer? Yeah, no, obviously, you know, it's just that bit more special, you know, at the end of the day, blood's thicker than water, but... Um, no, it's been absolutely great. We've had a great run of things. Um, yeah, I just really, to be honest, I wouldn't want it any any other way. Um, it means an awful lot, and there's a lot of work and time and effort from a lot of people that go in. Um, and, um, yeah, um, obviously we've had a great run of things, and you know, it's very special to do it you know, alongside your brother. It takes a lot of hard work, but also quality to make it as a jockey. But even if you get into the sport, then you have to actually stay there and it seems as though the only way that you can is to constantly evolve and work harder. So when you were crowned champion jockey, that would have been a phenomenal amount of work, a phenomenal amount of effort. How much did it mean to you? Oh, yeah. Um, When I started out, uh, you know, as a jockey and when I wanted to be a jockey, you know, you always, well, I think pretty much everyone always has the ambition and the dream to be champion jockey. You know, one day... You know, growing up, you want to be champion jockey, and um, that's what I wanted to to achieve. And I was very lucky to be in a position where I had uh, the chances, um, you know, to to achieve that. Um, not everyone, um, you know, gets you know gets the actual chance to try and achieve it. But um, yeah, that's what I wanted to do, and just you know, it was very special to do it. And um, yeah, I suppose um, you know, looking back now, it was. Um, you know, it was hard work, um, but I wouldn't have done it. You know, I wouldn't have done it any different, and I'd do it all again. <laughs> what was your day-to-day life like that season? Because we've talked to Oshin Murphy a number of times about it, and he, he he talks about how proud he is of being champion jockey, but how it it almost breaks you mentally that it just takes so much. And he was joking about the fact that his next door neighbor is Tony McCoy. And I went, oh great, so you're going to go for twenty? He went, absolutely not. Um, so Britain is is a an enormous country like you're having to go the length and breadth of the country you have to mind your diet you have to stay fit if you do have an injury you got to come back just what was your day-to-day routine like yeah um pretty much full-on you know that is that is how it is um you know from the mornings you're riding out uh home uh, in the car traveling and you know i think that's where i'm you know i'm quite lucky that we're sort of based in the middle part of the country so 
everywhere. It's sort of two hours away um, unless you're going, you know, way north or way south. So um, the traveling um, for me, um, you know, it, it isn't, it isn't so bad. I mean, right in the middle, but, it, you know, it's at the same time still, it's a lot of hours in the car. Um, and, um, yeah, so, you, you know, so you're riding out and then in the car and off you go racing and, you, you know, one ride to the next and, you know, you just keep trying to find the winners really. And it all just, to be honest, in the end, it was all just rolling into one. Um, it literally felt like, in a stupid way, it just felt like, you know, literally like a robot. You turn yourself off at night and turn on in the morning and, you know, one race to the next, the next, the next. And in the end, I think I had such a great run the last few weeks. You literally just forget where you've been two days before because um, you're always looking ahead, you know. Yeah, I'm reminded of, of Frankie Dettori heading off on holidays the week before Ryle Ascot to get his mind right, which didn't really go to plan, quite frankly. But that was what he would do. He would go away to Sardinia and and get himself right. When you're trying to be, when you're trying to build up to a big meeting like Cheltenham, you could, in theory, do that. But when you're trying to be champion jockey, every single day counts. Every race counts. It's a relentless fight and a relentless battle. Uh, how do you keep your mind focused on that? And how do you keep your body tuned to be able to just continue going out, as you were saying, almost on autopilot? Yeah, um, I suppose it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I love doing what I do. And, you know, I don't see it as a job and, you know, I love riding horses and, um, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, good people around me, um, you know, good family. And, and like I said, you know, mainly pretty much all the time riding for my brother. Um, you know, so I'm not the most pressure I'm under is the pressure that I'd put upon myself. Um, you know, so I think, um, you know, to, to keep focused, you just, you, you know, you, you, you sounds silly, but you, you haven't got time to just think about the losers. You you know, you've, you're on to the next one. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, you just, um, you're always looking for that next winner. But um, I suppose, you know, it's, trying to be a champion jockey is every day that matters. Um, but, it, you know, I think if you're riding winners and you're on a roll, it, you know, your confidence is up and things are happening. It's it's great, but sometimes you hit a wall and you're on the back foot. That's what's harder to get that momentum going again. Um, and like I say, the last few weeks, um, you know, sort of, well, I say the last few weeks, sort of the last couple of months, the horses were flying and, you know, you, it was, you know, it was literally like you were on autopilot. It, it was just happening, you know, everything and you just, you were literally just rolling on from one to the next and um, things just, you know, just they just went well and, and, and um, you know, thankfully we got over the line in front. But it was a battle as well. I mean, a lot of championships are won from, um, you know, McCoy's were always won by Christmas and very rarely was there a battle. But um, there was a battle that year um, between myself and Brian and he's a tough competitor as well. You know, he's he's you know, very hard man to beat and goes up and down the country or go anywhere for a ride. And, um, but, um, you know, it was, um, luckily that it fell our way and, um, 
you know, we managed to get across the line. It's a tough sport racing. It takes no prisoners. But you're surrounded by people who are steeped in equine talent. Your dad is a, a dual Olympian, a gold medal winning Olympian. Your wife is a Cheltenham Festival winning jockey. Your brother, obviously, is a trainer. And then there's you, a champion jockey. Um, in those moments where you do get low, which is inevitably going to happen, you are surrounded by people who will hopefully be able to, to pick you up and will know what you're going through. Yeah, for sure. That's what I say. You need good people around you. You need good family, um, which might have been very, very supportive. And ultimately, you know, I've got my best in, my best interests at the forefront of their minds, really, which I'm very lucky to have that. Um, you know, so when things don't go quite right, um, you got someone to talk to, but at the same time, you know, they 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 give me a kick up the backside when you need it because, you know, they point dwelling on it, and I think that's where um, it's very important. You've got to you've got to put it behind you and go to the next one. But you know, if you have a bad day, you you, you look forward to the next day. You have got five good rides, two could win, three could win. That's what you got to do in sport. You got to keep going forward, looking looking ahead, and you know, not not you know, not rest on what's happened. Um, that's behind, it's gone. So, you, you know, I think, you know, you just got to got to be positive and look forward to the next one. And, you know, the more rides you're having and the more winners you're having, you can move away from that quicker. Um, whereas someone who doesn't get as many rides and aren't having that many winners, it's hard to move forward. But um, I was in a, you know, in a good position where um, the horses were running well and the winners were coming and, you know, you're on to the next day. But, for sure, um, you know, the people around you, you know, they made it happen as much as I did. In terms of goals, like, do you take each season as it comes or do you set yourself a specific target at the beginning of each season? Um, no, I think, you know, I take each season as it comes, really. Um, being a jockey, you know, you, you have your ups, you have your downs, you have your falls and you just, you know, you're only a fall away from a break or do you know what I mean? It's, it's especially in a jump racing game, but, um, no, I just take every 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 season as it comes. Really, the aim is try and ride as many winners as we can and try and be successful. We've been lucky this year. We've had some graded winners, and you know they're very hard to come by. But um, like I say, it's, it's a big team here. Um, I feel like you know, I, yes, I'm I'm a jockey, but um, we've got a big team of horses and you know, big team of people that are trying to. You know, trying to make a successful team of of uh, Lodge Hill of Dan Skelton Racing, really. And one of those members of that big team and a graded winner is Protectorat, who was stunningly impressive in the Betfair Chase. It didn't really happen though in the Cotswolds Chase, which should have been providing us with answers, but probably left us with more questions than answers. Um, having been Paul Nichols' assistant, and this is the time of year, or at least last month, would have been the time of year when Paul would have given the vaccinations to his horses. Uh, is that something similar that Dan would have done? And is that potentially the reason why he didn't quite fire that day? And do you keep the faith in him for the Gold Cup? Absolutely keep the faith. Um, hopefully I can give you a couple of them answers now, but um, Tetrap was, you know, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Haydock at the start of the year, um, or start of the season. Um, you know, we, we, we made it no secret that, that we went to Haydock absolutely 100% top of our game. Um, he was very impressive on soft ground, which he really enjoys. Um, and, you know, he galloped on strongly and, you know, it was great that day. Um, 
then um, you know we had to you have to give him time to recover from that. Um, you know, at, at the highest level, it, it's a very intense. Um, you know, to perform at that level. Um, so he had a nice break since then. Went to the Cotswold Chase, and to be honest, um, we thought we had done enough with him um, to hopefully get by and you know and see him through to win. But as it happened, um, he's just a little bit short. The you know, um, I think he probably somewhere ninety percent fit. Um, we had you know there was quite a bit of a freeze up. Um, you know, for for a week, ten days before, um, didn't hold us up too much. But um, his routine um, was a little bit different to what it had normally have been because we got two gallops, um, and, and one of them that he always uses was just out of action for a bit. Um, so it left us a little bit short. Um, but what I would say, um, you know, to the people that are, that are supporters of him and. Um, I wouldn't be in any any way at all worried um, for what you saw at Cheltenham uh, in the Cotswold Chase. Um, from my from my feeling throughout the race, um, we went very slow, and he was very very fresh. Um, you could see he was travelling just too strongly, really. But that was his well being. You know, he, he was you know he was feeling very very well, um, jumped very well, and then to be honest, he just sort of took a bit of a blow at the top of the hill um slightly outpaced um but then stayed on strongly from the back of the last only beating five lengths at the line always staying on um the gold cups another furlong we were given uh, i think six pound to the winner and the second um another furlong that day i think um you know we'd have nearly won or been second so um there's a bit of improvement to come um you can't have him you know, at this time of year, five weeks before the festival, you can't have them all guns blazing and and you know absolutely at their peak because you want them to come forward and improve. You need to leave a little bit in the tank um, for the festival, and that's what we've done. You've seen Brave Man's game in the King George and at the weekend Gallop on the Champ coming out and, and winning. The the mark that Gallop on the Champ had prior to the Irish Gold Cup was one seven five. Who knows what he'll get after that victory? Uh, Brave Man's game one seven two. You're only two pounds off Braveman's game, five pounds off of Gallop on Deschamps. What did you make of, of William Mullins horse in the Irish Gold Cup? You could not be impressed by him. Um, you know, he, he's a good, strong travelling horse um, and, and stays well. He looks like he's got it all. But, you know, the Gold Cup is 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 three mile, two and a, uh, three mile, two and a half. Um, you know, so he's got to go a bit further. Um and there will be for sure, you know, in, the, in a Gold Cup, you have an out-and-out out gallop. There's no hiding place. Um, you know, so if there's any chink in his arm at him, you know, could just stretch him a bit. Um, but no, he's very impressive and, you know, probably deserves to be favourite, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, I think he absolutely does. It's interesting to see the various different views from bookmakers because I was expecting him to go sob even money after victory and yet they're pushing him out and I'm wondering what they saw that I didn't see because uh, I'm, I'm a bit confused by it and, and maybe it could just be that he was such a short price before the Irish Gold Cup that even an eight-length victory meant that there wasn't really anything that they could do you couldn't cut him any further they'd already taken all the meat off the bones and so he gets pushed out by some to try and get more business um, but Paul and Willie will be 
super confident about him and they have every reason to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, the bookmakers have got you know their job to do and their business to run. And uh, Yeah, I'd say you're probably right. They pushed him out a little bit more because they want a bit more interest, but... Um, no, he looks. You know, he looks like you know he deserves to be favourite, and he looks like the one we've got to beat. And I'm sure Willie and um, Paul won't be swapping. You wouldn't want to swap him for anything. But um, we can only concentrate on our horse, make sure he's there, and you know, at the top of his game, hundred percent ready. Um, and we'll make sure we leave no stone unturned. In terms of Brave Man's game, he's not getting the respect that the King George winner would normally be getting uh, and there's a pretty strong argument to me that he should be significantly shorter than the eight to one he is the concern with him is that he just won't handle Cheltenham but there's very limited evidence to go on it's literally the Ballymore run behind Bob Bollinger and that's it um, there is the disappointments at Aintree but that's a different track do you think he's a different horse this season and will the Gold Cup play to his strengths or are those doubts that some have about him very justified yeah like he was impressive in the King George um, when, you know, sort of slightly getting hampered throughout the race, really. Um, Lahan Press taking him out to his left all the way um, definitely wasn't a help, and he still managed to win. So you'd have to have massive respect for him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, three mile, again, sort of three mile two around there on that sort of track, it's definitely going to be the sternest test he's ever faced. Um, and, you know... If you if you ask me which one would I fear most, it'd definitely be Gallop and Deschamps. Um, but um, Brave Man's Games, are, uh, you know, King George winner. Um, he's an improving horse. Um, if if the ground if the crown comes out that it's it's fairly fairly decent, he'll love that. Um, but yeah, I suppose he's never been around Cheltenham much. Um, different sort of track to what he's used to. Um, so yeah, he's you know he's he's going to have to step up to. He's got to step up again um, on what he's done, but the improvement could be there. Talk to me about Lamilos, who has been a revelation since joining you uh, and was terrific in the Hennessy or the Coral Gold Trophy, as it's now known, beating the two David Pipe horses remastered. And um, uh, the horse who I was hoping was going to go for the National and Chase, Jericho Rock, but that could be in doubt now. Uh, all roads lead to, to entry for the Grand National, which he would look on paper to be absolutely tailor-made for. Uh, winning at Bangor, then on to the Coral Gold Cup, formerly was the Hennessy, um, which is, you know, a very, very tough race to win. Um, look, he, you know, he, he looks like, yeah, you know, sort of the, the, the national um, is where you want to be going. That was always our aim. Um, he's had a nice break since the Hennessy and the Coral Gold Cup. Um, and... Uh, he will now go to Kelso um, for a uh, staying chase there. Um, it's, I might call the Premier Chase or something, but he will he'll go to Kelso for for one run and then and then straight to the national. So um, he's in great form at home. Stays real well. Very tough. Good jumper. Um, you know, seems to go on. You know, I think he goes on most ground at um, at Bangor. It was very testing. Um, at Newbury it was drying out and was decent ground um, but yeah he looks like um, a horse that you'd be very excited about for a national How do you think he'll cope with the entry fences which are significantly different to what they were 20 years ago but is the test of, of the jumping test is still there uh, and of course there's the extra extra mile as well are all of those things going to suit him? 
yeah, like obviously, you know, he hasn't been over them fences before, but from what he's done, you know, from what I can see and, and feel, um, yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't take to them. He's a very bold horse. Like he, he, he you know, he, he enjoys his jumping and, um, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he looks like, you know, there's no reason why he wouldn't take to it. And you might have Lamilos 2.0 in Midnight River, who won on New Year's Day. Il Rodato has come out and franked that form by winning subsequently at the January Cheltenham meeting on Trials Day. Uh, and Dan did indicate that the Coral Gold Cup could very well be his target next season. Um, three miles looks like it's going to be well within scope for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, a horse that's, that's come through the ranks well. Um, wasn't all plain sailing to start with. Um, he'd had a couple of falls and but um, we managed to get some experience into him and the penny's starting to drop and we've always thought this horse was a good horse and now it's coming right through now. Haven't gone to three miles yet. Um, I would say um, we'll try and keep that up our sleeve for a minute. Um, you know, um, there's no need to go there just yet. Once you go three miles, it's hard to come back. Um, but there's a good winner of um, uh, uh, on New Year's Day at Cheltenham. Form's you know, been boosted since and... Um, he won with a bit in hand that day. So, um, yeah, he's going to go to Cheltenham for the plate. Um, would have to have a good chance. Another horse who would have to have a big chance in terms of the novice hurdlers for the potato race, as I like to call it, given that it's sponsored by a cruise company, uh, the Albert Bartlett is Grey Dawning, who was terrific on Boxing Day in that handicap hurdle, but was then even better at, at Warwick. And you were saying to, I think it was Alice on ITV afterwards, that you were concerned about the ground beforehand, but the good horses will handle any ground and that he's a very good horse and he looks it. Yeah, he, um, he, it was very testing ground at Warwick and he wouldn't be in love with that, but he's good enough to get away with it. Um, whether we go to Cheltenham or whether we just wait, uh, keep our powder dry to go to Aintree, um, that is probably the most likely target. Um, the Albert Barlet is a very tough race um, for a young horse. Um we have to be mindful of that, um, you know, so um, we'll, we'll just keep our options open for the minute, but he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, uh, very unassuming at home, just goes through the motions, wouldn't really know how good he was, but he gets to the track and just comes alive. Um, he's a good horse. Yeah, when you say it's a, a tough race, just to break that down a little bit, because there used to be debate about the RSA, was it really beneficial for horses to run on it or... Was it a coincidence that some were, were getting injured? You know, the, the winner of last year's potato race, Albert Bartlett, uh, is out for the season. The nice guy, Vanillier, never really did it as a chaser and was beaten in a handicap at the weekend. Monkfish did come back and, and win a novice chase at Cheltenham, but he's out uh, and has been out for, for quite some time as well. It, some horses seem to thrive in it, like a Penhill, who was lightly raced. Um, you know what I mean, Harry. And then there's others like a Martello Tyre who just don't, seem to recover very well from it. It does seem to take an awful lot out of certain horses. Yeah, it does. Um, I suppose it's down to the individual on the day, really. Um, mentally, how strong they are, physically. Because, um, you know, at the back end of three miles for a young horse, um, you know, an end-to-end gallop, and obviously normally your hurdlers, your novice hurdlers are a year younger than your novice chasers. Um, you know, you have to be mindful of that. And if you hit the bottom of the barrel um, at a young age, you know, it is hard to it is hard to get some of them back. And, um, you know, it's a trainer's job to protect them um, to a certain extent. 
um, from themselves. Um, you know, so um, yeah, I think you have to go there with the right horse. Look, Ballygriffin Cottage ran in the race um, last year, um, and he finished. He finished just staying on fourth all the way to the line, um, but. He, he he ran in the race um as a six year old or seven year old, I think. Um, you know, so he's a lot more mature and a you know, older um older horse. Um so you're always you, you know, we 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 thought that was the right thing to do and um you know, he was old enough and strong enough to take it, you know. Yeah. Um but you just have you just have to be a bit mindful of of a bit mindful of them going going for that race, I think. Yeah, and, and on him, um, you had the option of the Cotter Star Novices Chase, and he decided not to take it. We, we saw him at the weekend, and unfortunately he didn't go to plan. He ended up being pulled up. I believe he bled. Uh, how has he come out of that race at Weatherby? Because he's an exciting prospect. Yeah, he is for sure. Um, and yeah, like you say, he's, you know, unfortunately he did have a bit of a bleed. Um, look, it's been a tricky year for a heavy ground horse. He is a heavy ground horse. He needs it soft, if not heavy. Um, and we went to, um, unfortunately missed his, uh, his race at Kempton and just weren't that, that happy with him, um, around Christmas. Um, so we had to wait, um, went to Weatherby on Saturday where the ground was probably good to soft, at, uh, you know, and a bit better probably in places. And we took our chance. Um, he's obviously only had one run this year. Um, and unfortunately he, he, he was just in top gear the whole way. Um, and yeah, when, when that happens, you know, something has to give. And unfortunately he had a bit of a bleed, but um, he's never done it before, but that that's what can happen. You know, I think he, he has to have soft ground to slow everything down for him. Um, so, um, yeah, where we'll go now, we're not sure, but Cheltenham's very unlikely. And when a horse has a bleed, at least you know what's happened. At least you know what went wrong. Like, Fasal Vega, it, it looked as though something physically had gone wrong with that horse in the grade one novice hurdle, only for Willie Mullins to turn around and say, no, the horse is physically fine. They just went too fast. And uh, to to publicly say that he turned to David Casey when they'd gone down the back for the first time at Leopardstown and said, they're going too fast in front. These two horses will break each other's hearts. And then when high definition came down, he said, all right, well, now Paul can get a breather into him. And he just didn't. He just kept on going, almost like a seven furlong race. He was furious with that ride. But at least at least Willie can come away from that going, okay, that was a tactical error and we can rebuild. If it was a bleed, you have to give the horse a few weeks to recover from that. And then there's always the risk that it will happen again. It's... It's not perfect, but at least you know what was wrong and you can work on building it to, to get the horse right for the next day. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, at the end of the day, you know, race horses, you know, they're competitive horses and they, they, they want to run and they, you know, you have to protect them a little bit from themselves, like I said. But yeah, we'll just rebuild now. Um, he'll have an easy couple of, uh, you know, easy, easy couple of weeks. Um, and hopefully we get some rain in March somewhere um, and, and we can give him another run. Um, look, this there's one race for this horse, and that's the Welsh National. So we'll just work back from that. Oh, that's ideal for him, especially being a, a heavy ground type as well. So we'll be keeping a very close eye on Bally Griffin Cottage and his development this season, but particularly with a view to next season in the Welsh Grand National. Uh, the horse that you did run in the Cotter Star Novices Chase, 
um, who ended up being pulled up but bounced back to form spectacularly at Warwick, is a horse's name who I'm going to absolutely butcher here, despite the fact that I did get a A in past French. But it's all gone, Harry. Um, every second racehorse's name is French, and yet I keep butchering them. Galia Delito! Let's go with that, shall we? Uh, a 13-length win last time. Very, very impressive. Um, and from memory, she doesn't have the best record going right-handed. I think she's run four times... Uh, and hasn't hasn't succeeded four times, uh, so left-handed seemed to bring out a little bit more improvement in her, and she's she's clearly a very talented racehorse. Yes, she is. Um, actually, her pronunciation was very good. Oh, um, thank, you, thank you, Harry. Um, she she is a good mare, um, but again, like she just loves soft ground. You know, um, stays very well. Good jumper. Um, you know, some people are probably listening to this and go, "Good jumper," but what the hell happened at Kempton? Um, the shadows um, you know and I can explain you know like some people watching racing just you know they think why on earth are they taking these fences out or but that day at Kempton those fences you know there should have you know we we, we should have um, assessed them more and, and they should have been taken out really because okay at the first ditch the second fence was a little bit ride rarer um, I blame myself for that a little bit. I sat a bit cold on her, and you know I didn't hold her hand enough and and and, and help her make a decision. Um, she just launched at it a little bit and, uh, and landed landed just just over the back of it. Um, and then we turned down the back straight, and she did basically the same again. But the ditch and the shadows were really bad. And what happens is the horses they see the shadow and 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 they come at the shadow. They come from off the floor at the shadow. And it leaves them short to the back of the fence. Whereas they'd take a, normally they would take another stride. But what happens is you get the shadow that, that, that lies on the floor in front of the fence. And, and, and often what can happen is the horse will take off at the shadow. And then it realizes it should have taken another stride and you barely get there. Um, and if you watch that race back, you see how many mistakes were made down the back straight both times. Um, Galino Bello came down uh, fabulous made a mistake I think the only one that didn't make a mistake was Time Hill um, all his all horses are different um, but that's what happened there bounce back then to Warwick um, soft ground jump like a buck and just absolutely galloped them into the ground um, she's a good mare loves soft ground when a race falls apart like that like Time Hill was, was very was very good and I, I remember in the preview of that race for Talksport, me taking the attitude, I don't know why Philip Hobbs is running him here. Surely they should be going for for the, the hurdle race on the card. Um, that, that he'd have a huge chance of winning that. And, well, Philip Hobbs will forget more about racing than I'll ever know because Time Hill goes and wins. Uh, but with a view to, to him going forward and to any race that, that pans out like this, that that race just completely fell apart. Like He was the one who just managed to jump the fences and cope with the shadows, but McFabulous made the mistakes. You pulled up. Jelena Bello fell. It's not really a race you can set your watch by. No, I'd agree with that. Um, but um, when you saw McFabulous and Tyne Hill at uh, Newbury, uh, very different conditions. Decent ground. Um, whereas went to Kenton on pretty soft ground, hard work, proper stamina comes into play, and Tyne Hill wins. Um Slows the race down for him, helps his jump in in a slower run race. I think he had cheap piece on for the first time. Um, am I right in saying that? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. 
you know, he, he he's the highest rated hurdler in the race and you know, he's the class horse. Um he wouldn't be without a chance now um if it if it came up soft at Cheltenham. Uh, Nube Negra was runner-up in the champion chase in 2021, missed the race last year due to just the ground being absolutely awful. Uh, his defeat by editor Dijit suddenly has a different complexion to it, given what that horse did against Edward Stone and Anurgamine the other day. Um, but clearly he just wasn't himself. How is he coming along, and are we going to see him soon? Yeah, um, he will go straight to Cheltenham. Loves being fresh. Um Obviously, it's annoying, you know, sort of what happened at Kempton and uh, and everything. But, um, you know, Editor G that day, um, you know, I, I I did have full respect for him because he is a, a rapidly improving horse and a very good horse. Um, so I wasn't surprised that he won. Um, and, you know, the, the form since he's come out and won again, and um, he's a very good horse. Um, but yeah, maybe Nubinegra just underperformed a little bit. The ground was quite tacky, quite gluey. Wouldn't be to you know to his liking really. Um, but you know, I think Champion Chase. I mean, it's it's just looking open, isn't it? Um, everyone thought you know it has to be between an ergam you know, an ergamy would 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 win, and Edward Stone and the editor G's come out and won, and you know. Um, yeah, Newbenegg would be going there fresh and well. If it comes up good ground, he absolutely loves the track. It could be a big price now. Yeah, I, I think he's one that's being forgotten about, especially in the context of Blue Lord, who I tipped at 20 to 1 on this show before Christmas, bombing out at the weekend, which wasn't exactly <laughs> ideal. Um, but you know, we'll see that he, that couldn't possibly have been his true running. But it's it's more open than it than it looks. Like, Edward Stone is not bomb-proof for all that. I really like that horse, and I think he's the most likely winner. Um, and Ergamine, you were making the point no, about the, it's, Yeah, there's, there's questions about the defending... Even questions about that race last year. Like, and Ergamine was very good in the day, but again, similar to Time Hill. Like Shishkin bombed out, didn't perform in the manner that you would have expected. Um, and it sounds like he's coming back to himself now, but it's going to be over further. Uh, so we, we need to see if, if he's still the horse that he is and he had a, a rare bone condition. I'd need to see him actually strut his stuff on the race course. But Willie and, and Paul seem to be maintaining the faith in him. Um, but then again, Paul couldn't ride Blue Lord, uh, although ironically enough, he did at the weekend when Daryl was, was on uh, So Royal. But when it comes to the champion chase, you'd imagine that, that his ride really would, would just be an ergamine when it comes to the Willie Mullins horses, um, that Daryl would be on board Blue Lord. So it's easy enough for him to say, yeah, I'll keep the faith with this fella when when he is the horse you know you're going to be riding in the champion chase anyway. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, Blue Lord bombed out, and, and you know, but there's no such thing as a certainty in racing. Mm. Um, they're racehorses, not, 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 they're not machines. Um, so I think the champion chase is looking a bit open, you know. I think Energomy, obviously, yeah, he's better than that, isn't he? We know that. Um I think Edward Stone, you know, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. He, you know, he looks rock solid and looks like he can improve upon um, upon his run the other day. Um, but look, we'll be going there with Nubinegra, hoping that it's nice ground and we'll have a good chance. He comes alive in the spring, loves it, so uh, hopefully he can go well. You've got a, a novice hurdler who we're going to see this weekend called Itak Blue. 
and I like this horse a lot. He was a, a wide margin winner of his point-to-point in Punchestown. Came up against Jet Parrot on debut. Um, Jet Parrot has subsequently disappointed, but was very good that day. Uh, and you're entered in two listed races at the weekend. How has his development been coming along? Because I know that when I spoke to Dan about him most recently, he was saying the plan was to just keep him at, at a graded level. And if he can win one of these races, terrific. And if not, then you're still a novice next season. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's a very nice horse. We, we, we like what we see at home. And um, you, he's only just turned five. So we have to be mindful of that. Um, don't really want to over-race him. He's, he's physically improving all the time at home. Ran a nice race at Newbury. Um, wouldn't want, wouldn't want the, you know, deep ground. So um, it looks like he will probably go to Exeter on Sunday. Um, yeah, um, I think you know if if he happened to win a listed race, we'd be very you know we'd be very happy to write it. Um, we just don't want to go and lose our novice status cheaply, um, you know, um, and sort of you know know when we probably will have a bigger, better, stronger horse next year. Um, so um, we'll probably go to Exeter, um, and look. You know, if he goes and wins that, then um, brilliant. We can look 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 forward to, um, you know, graded race in the spring. And you and Dan have pulled off some extraordinary long-term targets and winning big Saturday races. But one horse who's been aimed twice at the Cheltenham Festival and, and come up short uh, is is Langer Dan, who was beaten by the aforementioned Gallop under Champ. Nothing wrong with that in the Martin Pipe. And then last year was very unlucky when he was brought down. Um Three starts so far this season. Last time out against Maurice Rock, uh, he was a little bit disappointing that day, but he's clearly a very, very good horse when things fall right for him. What's the plan with him this season? Um, yeah, I, I think we'll go... Um, probably, he'll have an entry in the Coral Cup and have an entry in the Conditional Jockeys. Um, and just see see near the time, really, is which route we take. Um, he's been a bit cold, you know, to get going really, like a, it was a bit lackluster at Aintree. Um, then, then, then ran okay at, at Cheltenham. Um, you know, so I, I just hope he comes alive a bit in the spring. Um, you know, obviously won very well at Aintree, went up the handicap, and um, you know, I, I, we we thought we we're hopefully going to go down to the sort of the the stayers route, but. Um, I think we'll probably end up in, in the Coral Cup. Um, been a good horse. Loves a handicap. Loves fast run race. Lots of runners. Um, you know, he's, he's, you know, he really, he really enjoys a big field, you know. Um, so hopefully he'll come along in the spring of it. Yeah, the big field definitely has a, a big impact on him. Uh, and a horse who was back to form uh, at the weekend is third time lucky. He looked like he was coming back to himself at Warwick the time before and he dropped 10 pounds since the beginning of the season. Uh, and there was a change in tactics as well. Instead of him being ridden prominently, he was held up quite cold off strong gallop, and that seemed to, to bring out improvement in him. You must have been thrilled to see him back in the winner's enclosure. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, it, was, it was great to see him back winning. Um, yeah, he did really well as a novice. Um, and, you know, given a, given a great ride by Keelan. Um, we, we uh, as a hurdler, we used to hold him up quite a bit, and uh, you know he's a very strong travelling horse. Um, and loves a fast run race where where the race cuts out in front of him. Um, as a novice, you know he just had that advantage as a, as a novice because he's 
He's such a you know good slip jumper. You could use that exuberance. Um, but this year we've sort of been taking our time a little bit more, and that was perfect on Saturday. They went really hard up front and they cut out and you know cut out at the back part of the race, and and Keelan timed it to perfection. And um, I think it, you know when he sees proper good ground as well in the spring, there's more to come. I think that was so good at the weekend, and all the attention was on the DRF, but. Um, I, I thought Jerry Colomb and third time Lucky both looked like potential Cheltenham winners because the Grand Annual was the race that came to mind straight away. Would would that be in the mindset for him? Yeah, he would have the Grand Annual in mind and uh, the Red Rum at entry. So it'd be one of the two, or yeah, we'll just see how he is. Is he better on a flat track? Um, arguably yes. Um, but you know, so you, you you've got to stay at, at Sandown. I think it's more. It's more the horse needs a fast run race. Mm. Um, the horse needs needs them to go quick um, on good ground, you know, goodish ground, really. And we're days away from the not at all controversial new whip rules coming into effect. Dear God. Uh, right now we're in the betting in period, and it, and so any band that's being handed out is just, it's not real, but, you know, learn from it the next day. Do you have faith that, your fellow riders, you yourself, and the BHA will be all good to go and ready with the new rules as they come into effect next week. Yeah, I hope so. Um, obviously, we've still got another week of the bedding in period. Um, you know, that's a bedding in period for the jockeys and for the BHA. Um, so, you know, um, in theory, everything that's been written down on paper. Um, you know, was was an understanding that, um, you know, it, it could work. But until you do things in, in actual practice, um, things are very different. So there's been a few tweaks and movements and um, to get it right. Um, and I think, you know, over the next week, we've still got a bit to work on. Um, but we're working well with the BHA and the PGA, um, you know, hopefully to get it right. Are you in favour of the new rules? Um, you know, I, I understand that there is rules, um, you know, we have to have rules, um, but, um, yeah, I think there's, there's still a bit of, yeah, I think there's still a bit of, a bit of work to do, um, you know, between, between the two parties, between the jockeys and the BHA and, um, you know, just to get everything all in line, um, you know, like I say, it is a bedding in period, so, it was never going to be um, absolutely perfect because, you know, practice is very different to theory. Um, so there's a few things that, that, that we just need to iron out and get right. I've got a couple of questions to ask you about horses to follow. So I'm going to save that and, and ask you about Bed Budget, the free personal budgeting tool. Tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, um, sign, um, sign up with Bet Budget at the start of the season. Um you know, it's, it's great to get to get involved. Um, you know, um, and um, you know, I think they're they're a great tool to have. Um, you know, to you know, for safer gambling and uh, you know, to protect everyone. Um, you know, for um, for all the gambling needs, really. Um, so uh, yes, they've been great to work with. Yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued by the whole setup of it because I think it's it's very impressive in that it's 
it will calculate your disposable income, cash flows, spending patterns, but it's not trying to sell you something. Normally, when you're handing over that kind of data, you're going to be bombarded with, oh, sign up for this, sign up for that. No, it's it's in your interest and it's looking after you. So if whether you're a, a better recreationally or it's something that you're doing daily, uh, it has all kinds of features just to make your life that little bit easier. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I think it's a great initiative, um, you know, for anyone really. Um you know that enjoys enjoys you know enjoys the gambling side of things um and um yeah like i say it's you know um it looks it looks a great tool to have really Bet budget is a free personal budgeting tool available to anybody in the united kingdom on desktop ios for uh, iphone android as well at betbudget.app to find out more information about it uh, but it's it's recommended for sure um gallop on the shop aside because we, we talked about him, of the horses that you saw in action at the Dublin Racing Festival over the weekend, who would you love to get on board at Cheltenham? Well, I don't think I have a ride in the Turners, so I would love to ride Mighty Potter. Um, he was good. He was, yeah, he was very, very good. Couldn't not be impressed the way he pulled away from the back of the last. Um, you know, he, he looks... He looks like... Um, you know, um, a big improver for seeing a fence. Um, you know, I, he, he, he's certainly going the right way, getting better all the time. Um, yeah, I think he would be, um, he would be, you know, he'd be the one I'd want to choose in that race for sure. In a weekend that was dominated by Willie Mullins, even when he lost, he was still winning. Um, because when the three odds on favorites bombed out, it was a Willie Mullins horse that took advantage the the star of the show I think was a Gordon Elliott horse and it was Mighty Potter he was tremendous and the bonus for Gordon is that pretty much all of his rivals actually had their bubbles a little bit burst like appreciated looked didn't look at his best in in the Irish Oracle Banbridge stayed on really well that day uh, Sir Gerard we think goes for the the longer race so there was a few bubbles burst but he was very much coming along and announcing himself as a proper Grade One star. Yeah, he was. Um, like I say, it just shows you how much a horse can improve from hurdles to fences. Um, you know, and he, he's just coming into himself now. Um, good, solid jumper. Goes, you know, it looks like he goes on most grounds. Um, yeah, he looks like he's definitely an ace card for, for Gordon anyway. Um, yeah, a few of Willie's were, were turned over, and but that's racing, you know. Um, there's no such thing as a certainty. And, um, I was... You know, but like you said, when he when his when his ace cards were were getting beat, the B cards were were winning. Yeah, it's like, oh no, Lassie might's beaten. That's okay. Gallo Marceau has done it. Oh no, Blue Lord's beaten. It's all right. We got gentlemen to me. Oh no, it's another one beaten. That's okay. We've got we've got another horse to back them up. Um, it, it's extraordinary strength and depth from him. Just with a view to Cheltenham, very briefly, when you're looking at a horse like Fasal Vega, disappointing in the way that he did, and we've all been caught for Nigel, who I was quite keen on in the opening race of of the the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, how much of a concern is it going into Cheltenham on the back of such a poor run? Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously not ideal, but um, look, they're, they're, they're a top outfit. They'll get the horse, you know, for sure. They'll get him back 100%. Um, to my eyes, watching the race, there's something amiss. Um, they're, they're, you know, 
the way he just went out like a light. Um, you know, he, you know, I think Paul knew that as well. Um, but I'm sure they're getting back in, 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 you know, in, in hundred percent ready to go for the, for the Supreme. Final question for you of all the horses that you've got, uh, access to and that you're going to be partnering towards now and the end of the season, who is the one horse that you're most looking forward to riding and in what race? I'd have to say Protectorat. Um, he was third in, in, in the Gold Cup last year. Um, the, the, you know, the rule was that apparently you couldn't win the Gold Cup after you didn't win it the first time you tried, but luckily um, Atlas Tard put that right. Um, I think he's a better horse this year. If it comes up, we get a bit of rain and it's softer ground. I think he's just, I think he's just rock solid. Um, I know there's improvement to come from the Cotswold Chase, um, but if he turns up in the form that he did for the for the Betfair, um, I think he's got a great chance. It is funny how trends work, isn't it? Horses who were previously beaten in the Gold Cup couldn't win uh, the next day, but Cotto Star was beaten in the Gold Cup, came out and and won it, regaining his crown. The only horse to ever do so. Uh, and then a Plutard comes along as well. So it, it is it is very interesting. And um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't seem to be able to get that horse right at all, Protectorat. So if I just if I just take you on in the Gold Cup, then you're probably going to win. Because <laughs> that's how well, it seems take, to go with him. Yeah, well, take me on and hopefully he does. <laughs> all right, listen, um, thoroughly enjoy talking to you. Uh, the very best of luck for the rest of the season, Harry. And... Um, You've already had tremendous success, and it's very obvious that even more success is, is coming your way. Uh, but the best of luck for Cheltenham, Aintree, and for the rest of the jump season. Yeah, thank you very much. Um... Hope you've enjoyed this special edition of the Final Furlong podcast. We will have more top guests coming your way very, very soon. Plus, we'll be breaking down the Dublin Racing Festival in the company of Lizzie Kelly and Barry Cole from Betdak, looking ahead to the weekend's action with Maddie Batchelor and Mark Milligan as we preview for hurdle weekend as uh, top racing still to come and there's some more anti-post specials coming your way too in the company of paul ferguson the willoughby's cheltenham festival betting guide loads of more content coming your way remember to like and subscribe to the final forum podcast on whichever podcast app it is that you're using and to share on social media as well we appreciate it and we're glad to have your company we'll talk to you again very very soon on the final forum podcast be safe be well the Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today.